Welcome to the Nation's Blind Podcast, presented by the National Federation of the Blind, the transformative membership and advocacy organization of blind Americans. Live the life you want. Hello, and welcome to the Nation's Blind Podcast. I'm Melissa Riccobono. And, and I'm Anil Lewis. Yes, he is Anil Lewis. Sitting right here in the studio with Melissa Riccobono. Yes. Yeah. How are you, Anil? I'm, go- I'm good, and I'm glad that we're in the studio. I'm excited about being in the studio. There's yeah. something to be said about Zoom, but uh, this has been really fun, being yeah. back in the studio. And it, it feels like old times, which this is kind of one of the last things to come back to more of a pre-pandemic normal. There you so go. this is really exciting. I, yeah, I, I agree. like this a lot. And I like that we are doing something maybe a little bit different on this episode of the Nation's Blind Podcast. Not not so far different than people uh, will not recognize it at all. Yeah, we've but, been weaving but a little, a bit, little bit of it in. And now this is the topic. This is the topic. You yes. guys are going to get to hear us talk. Of, oh, talking about my federation. Yeah. <laughs> all this episode, Melissa and I are going to be talking about all these misconceptions about the federation. So hopefully it'll educate many of our listeners. Definitely. And, and we're going to have episodes like this where we really do a deep dive into some type of topic about the National Federation of the Blind or a question that you, our listeners, bring to us. So we really are excited about this and we hope that you'll be just as excited. And this is your chance. Mm-hmm. If you have a burning question about uh, uh, Neil Lewis and you want to <laughs> <wanna> ask it. <laughs> Yeah, yeah. We oh, might be able to do that. Or Melissa Riccobon. Oh, sure, sure, yeah. yeah. Or, or you know, more more so, though, if you have the a question about what we think about a topic. And this is, we really do not script this at all. This is something that we are doing off the top of our heads. We have topics that yeah. we're going to talk about. Our comms team gave these to us only minutes ago. They did. And so this is going to be really fresh. And we're just excited to bring this to you. So should we get started? As long as you agree with everything I say, this no, will go No, Anil, as long as you agree with everything I say, okay. this will go smoothly. Let's see how it turns out. Okay. All right. <laughs> so our topic today is our federation, as Anil said. Mm-hmm. Talking about our federation. See? What, what, was Who's at Water Bottles yeah, after that, that though? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that was us. Who's at Water Bottles? Yeah, I love that. Yeah, the For memories. those that don't know, Who's It used to be our logo. And Georgia mm-hmm. had these great Water, water bottles, bottles that had the Who's It logo on them. And we and would they sell had a them in our song. exhibit hall and everything. Yes. I think we sold more water bottles so people could hear us sing the jingle more yes. so than the water bottle yes. itself. I, and I loved the jingle. You know you know me. I, it's, if yes. it's music, it's, it, it's, it's going to be in my head. If yes. it's music, it's, <laughs> it's Melissa. Melissa. Yeah. If it's chocolate, it's, it's a meal. Amen to that sister. <laughs> yes. Yeah. So anyway, uh, we are going to talk about the National Federation of the Blind, and a lot of the things that people believe about the National Federation of the Blind or are told Mm -hmm. about the National Federation of the Blind. Mm -hmm. Things like, you can only be one way to be a true federationist. Well, that's true, right? We we agree on that. Uh, No. Actually, I... I don't agree with that at all. (laughs) Sure. I mean, if you're going to be a federationist, you've got to be against guide dogs, for God's sake. Let's start there, right? Well, Anil, I used a guide dog for quite a long time. And And you um, were a federationist? You were a member of the NFB with a guide dog? Not only that, I was an affiliate president (sighs) and the first lady of the National Federation of the Blind when I had my guide dogs. I stand chagrined. (laughs) 
No, yeah. but I definitely know that we're not anti-guide dog. But that is one of the premier kind of misconceptions about us being rigid as an organization. Absolutely. Yeah. The Federation is about whatever mobility tool gets you where you need to be as independently as possible with as least inconvenience to you and to others. Right. And sometimes that changes. If it's a dog sometimes and a cane other times, whether it's sighted guide sometimes, mm-hmm. people, that's a big one. Oh, you can't. You're you're in the National Federation of the Blind. You can't go anywhere sighted guide. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. No. The nature of independence. Read the speech. Dr. Kenneth Jernigan, he'll uh, break it down for you. But I have to admit, I get a little jealous of guide dog users sometimes because, you know, guide dogs, they can just cut through crowds and stuff like <laughs> zoom, zoom, zoom. <laughs> you know, canes, you just, oh. Excuse me. Excuse me. (laughs) It is true. It is embarrassing, though, when you're really trying to stand in line and your dog just doesn't understand and they want to take you to the very front. front. And they they think it's a race. You can't walk with a crowd because they think, oh, it's a race. Yes. (laughs) (laughs) We're going to win. Come on. We're going to win. Let's go. (laughs) Yes. No, that's very true. That That is very, very true. You know, another one that I hear a lot is all about how I think paratransit yeah. is a huge one. Or even taking yeah. a, a fixed route bus. Right. Oh, I'm not a I'm not a feder I use Uber and Lyft too much. I'm not a real federationist. Or I I, yeah. I chose and it what makes me the saddest is it's almost as though when we talk about this, when I've heard people talk about this or talk have they've talked about this to me, it's almost as if they're Catholics in a confessional. Uh oh. I know I'm not supposed to do this, but I do take paratransit to work. But that's not because I can't take the bus. It, and I'm always like, guys, whoa, 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 like, s- stop. Number yeah. one, you have a job, right? Well, yeah, I'm going to work. Okay, well, that's wonderful. Yeah. Number two, you're going to work, or even if it's not work, even if it's a volunteer activity, you you don't have to explain to me or to anybody else why you're choosing to use paratransit. The only time that that I think people do want to challenge in a, and I hope a gentle way, is when people truly believe paratransit is the only way yeah. they can ever get to from I'm point glad A you to said point that, B. I was about to say I disagree because I do want to hear why they're why they're taking paratransit. Because not to be critical, right. but to let them know that there are other options. Because I'll tell you, if you're counting on paratransit to be your major <laughs> way of getting back and forth to work, your job may be at risk. Yes. Because paratransit is a very difficult thing to schedule and be consistent. Now, there are yes. some areas that I hear rave reviews about how wonderful their paratransit is. But that's the exception and not the rule. Yes. So no, if there's that's a person a- that's taking paratransit because they haven't received the proper training to catch the fixed route, Yes. Uh, I want to make sure they know that there's an option there and that they have the ability to make a choice. Yes, and I definitely agree. And that not only that, that, but that people of the NFB, local chapter members, people in their affiliate, most of the time people would be more than happy to to go through that fixed route with mm-hmm. them and mm-hmm. help them feel comfortable. And I mean, maybe it's that they need a, uh, one of our training centers also, but to start them out, I have taken the bus with people to help show them things. And I have also taken the bus with my blind NFB members to learn how to get to a new place myself. Mm-hmm. So I think that's really, really important. And and I, I do agree with you, Anil, that it's I just hate when people or I, I shouldn't say hate, but I really dislike it when people 
just feel like they have to justify every single thing. And they just think that I'm going to look down on them because they're not measuring up to whatever ideal they have about what it really means to be a federationist, to be a a and to be a good. It's not even a federationist, but a a good, a proper, a perfect. I am the very model of the modern major federationist. (laughs) You know, another one that that tickles me is the whole Braille thing that, you know, if, if you can't read Braille, Huh. Of course, you're not a federationist. Federation, yeah. yeah. And and that's true, right? No. That one's not true. <laughs> no, that's oh. not true at all. Because as we know, only about 10% of blind kids learn Braille. Yeah, that's atrocious. only blind kids. Yeah. You know, when adults go blind, they may or may not learn Braille. And yes, does Braille, I mean, I use Braille every single day of my life. Mm-hmm. I cannot so imagine I. my life without Braille. But I do know that there are many people that for thousands of reasons mm-hmm. are not braille readers are not braille readers shame on them right no no <laughs> no oh, okay. again if they are interested in learning i would love to help teach them i'd also love to help them understand you know president riccobono talks about this a lot about how he was told as a senior in high school that he could be taught braille yeah. if he wanted to learn it yeah with no real incentive or understanding as to what the benefit would be that's exactly right and yeah. so he thought I I have two study halls now. Why would I take one up learning Braille? I can't imagine. <laughs> and look, why he I'd became president of the National Federation of the Blind. So <laughs> he did. Right? Now, no. He did learn Braille later. <laughs> but I mean, that's yes. a that's a really that's a really powerful thing. And and yeah, w- yeah, we definitely believe that that everybody should learn Braille. We also do, though, believe or understand that sometimes people are going to use Braille in very basic ways and that's mm-hmm. also okay mm-hmm. if there's someone with a lot of other disabilities oh we can talk about that too in a second but if there's somebody with a lot of disabilities that print or braille they they just they're not going to be able to read yeah. war and peace but they can but label they can microwave exactly they can that's label perfect. other other um, find the bathroom the correct yeah, bathroom exactly um find a room number in a hotel yeah label the, their ingredients so they can cook and yeah, still be independent yeah. yeah even write like a sentence of notes for a speech and and mm-hmm. then a go extemporaneously that's yeah that's really important. Now, one piece, I, before you transition, mm-hmm. about the Braille, I'd like to tell people, of course, we are really strong Braille advocates. Yes. I mean, because we believe in Braille. We know the benefits of it. 90% of the people that are employed that are blind or no Braille, that's a statistic. It may not be a causal relationship, but it's definitely a correlation between gainful employment and blind people. But we also recognize that if there is some functional vision that some people are able to take advantage of, then it's just adding more tools in the toolbox. The most specific yeah. thing I point out is in the school systems, we do advocate very strongly that young kids are taught Braille, even if they are able to read large print, because the vision may not be sustainable. Uh, it may create some eye fatigue. So in those instances where the print gets smaller or their uh, vision uh, deteriorates, let's not get to a place where now they need to learn Braille, right. because that, that, that holds them up from reaching their academic goals. So let's teach them. Kids can learn both print and Braille. Uh, that's the best case. Those are, those are best practices. So that's why we created a national reading media assessment so that we have peer-reviewed, valid data that shows that students with low vision can also benefit from learning to read Braille as well. That's a really good point. But again, not one size fits all. And I think that's a really important thing, too. To be a federationist, you need never, you can't ever use your vision (laughs) that you have, (laughs) which is not true 
at all. Um, Or or as Anil would say, oh, that's true, right, Anil? That's true, right? (laughs) You can't ever use your your vision. But but my sarcasm is much more evident than yours. (laughs) People hear you and they believe what you say. They believe what comes out of your mouth. With me, they know that's Anil. He's being sarcastic. But I think it's really important for us to tell people it's all about efficiency. If you are using your vision because that's all you've ever been taught and you're reading at about 10 words a minute mm-hmm. and you have a job where you need to be reading, I think that Braille could be say, the game changer. Absolutely. Yeah. Braille could be the game changer. If you are traveling and you can see a red building and you know that's the front door of your work, why why wouldn't you? I mean, it's good yeah. to have other yeah. you know ways to tell, but why wouldn't you if it's efficient? Why wouldn't you use it? You know, my brother-in-law is legally blind. He can actually see very, very well mm-hmm. and uh, up close mm-hmm. and not too close. He can actually read a standard print book without eye strain. He can read at a mm-hmm. good level. I don't know what his reading speed is. So this peripheral vision is the problem. Cur- I think, and I think his distance. I'm, I'm mm-hmm. guessing. I don't. I don't. Yeah. So <laughs> many, 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 many different. There, areas there are many, right? Yeah, people with tunnel resulting. vision sometimes mm-hmm. can see really well yeah. straight ahead of them, and and to say, oh no, they shouldn't be taught print, or you know, they should only know braille. No, that's not what no. it is at all. It's all about what's going to be able to be the tool in your toolbox that's going to let mm-hmm. you get the most things done in the best way. Yeah. The Dr. Jacob Balotin Awards, named for the world's first physician to be born blind, seek to honor initiatives, innovations, and individuals that are a positive force in the lives of blind people and advance the ultimate goal of helping them transform their dreams into reality. Winners receive a cash award and have included entrepreneurs, volunteers, filmmakers, authors, mathematicians, technology developers, artists, teachers, nonprofit organizations, programs, partnerships, and more. Nominations for the 2023 Balotin Awards are now being accepted and are due by no later than April 15, 2023. The awards will be presented at the National Convention from July 1st through 6th in Houston, Texas. To learn more about this prestigious award or submit a nomination, visit nfb.org slash Balotin, B-O-L-O-T-I-N. Now, I got one. You got so one? Oh, oh now, I can't wait. All this is good about skills acquisition. That's not important. But we cannot tolerate as federationists any special treatment. I mean, out of here with that. You know? <laughs> if you're on that plane, don't you dare pre-board. Right? <laughs> um, right? Don't yeah. you dare get airport assistance. No, exactly. No. Don't you dare get that wheelchair? No. Just say no. Yeah. So, all right, that's one we agree on. Let's move on well, to the no. next. Actually, uh, no? I've gotten airport assistance before. <sighs> now, I've had a couple experiences where I realize that I want to stay more in control sure. of the assistance that I've gotten. I've had the experience of being put in a golf cart and a driver that didn't know English very well, if at all. And I was terrified I was going to miss my flight. And mm-hmm. I got out of that golf cart shaking and said to myself, never, ever again. Yeah. But when I was traveling by myself with two children, one was three and a half and one was an infant, you bet I took a little bit of help to get all of us well, and not, all of our that, of paraphernalia <laughs> through whoa, whoa, whoa. TSA. 
What? <laughs> the stroller, Anil. Yeah. Oh, that paraphernalia, yeah, diaper okay. bag, yeah, yeah, uh, exactly. car seat. Yeah. I don't even remember what all we had. Probably a backpack carrier. Oh, my goodness. I also, my, my, my aunt died and I needed to get a plane quickly and I wasn't in a position where I was really... Also, when my, my father was dying, both yeah. times, I, I wasn't in a position where I was really in a place where I wanted to fight to find things on my own. Yeah. But all other things being equal, most of the time, I will go to the airport and I will ask questions because that's how I like doing it. And then mm -hmm. I know I'm more in control because sometimes it takes longer for the people to come and help me than oh, it does. Yeah, most of the time. And, and yeah. I'm I'm impatient. I'm really yeah. impatient. So I generally don't want to wait unless sure. I really feel like I don't have a choice. And if, and if you take the time to explore, uh, no matter how difficult it may be in the beginning, if it's something you have to do on a regular basis, mm -hmm. then you learn more about the environment. It makes it possible for you to travel more independently in subsequent times. So I travel in and out of the Atlanta airport all the time. So, yeah, when I'm first navigating through the airport, sometimes I may, well, the first time I'm sure I got some assistance. Mm -hmm. But then I got a sense of where it was. Then I took a little bit more, I don't want to say risk because it's not like my life is in danger, but initiative, right, to right. explore more on my own. So now I can get around the airport fairly easily and simply. But it goes back to what we were talking about earlier. You have a goal that you want to meet. What are the tools that you can use to meet that goal that allows you to be as independent as possible with as little inconvenience to yourself or to others? Mm -hmm. And in some instances, it's just going to be faster. If you're running late for a plane, getting some sighted guide to help you run through the airport may yep. be a good idea. If you have the time to ease on into and have a little bit of breakfast, that's what I like to try to do because I like to travel in the morning, then I'm going to, you know, respectfully say no thank you. So it's different different things. But the other piece, too, about the pre-boarding, I always <laughs> think this is funny because I was the same way. I, I When I learned, especially when I went, went through training at the Louisiana Center for the Blind, which we'll have to get into a little bit later about the, there's a different kind of expectation when you're actually in training. Yes. But uh, the whole thing about not pre-boarding, but then when I started flying as much as I do now, <laughs> I hate being separated from my luggage. And now the planes just overbook all the time. And if you don't get on that plane early enough, by the time you get there, that overhead space it's is full. full. Yeah. And I'm sorry, sir, we're going to have to check that bag. No, no, no. No, I don't. <laughs> no, no, you're not. Yes, sir, we're going to have to check that bag. So, no, I, I pre-board just to make sure that I can get my luggage and not be separated from my luggage. So it's all different reasons. But now I've flown so much, my status lets me get on. And it's almost <laughs> like, it's like you were talking about earlier, how you have to justify something, right? It's almost like when I get on at that level, I want to, like, flash my my, my <laughs> Delta Sky Miles card and say, no, no, it's because I have medallion status, not because I'm blind. You know, so I still have a little of that residual in me as well. You know, it's funny. A friend of mine had an appendicitis. That that wasn't funny. But she was uh, traveling. She was when when her appendix um, you know, needed to be taken. Uh, it didn't burst. Thank goodness. Oh, it just yeah. needed to be taken out. But then she took a wheelchair through the airport when she was coming home. And she said the same thing. I wanted a sign on me that said, yeah. you know, recovering uh, from appendicitis. Yeah. It's not just because I'm blind that <laughs> I'm sitting here. <laughs> I thought it's just sad. You shouldn't. Yeah, you yeah. shouldn't have to justify again. Yeah. If you think that's the only way you can fly, that's a different story. Yeah. But um, yes, I I uh, I also think traveling in the morning is a great idea, mm -hmm. but it gets it makes me very tired, and I just want to get on the plane so I can just get settled and close my eyes and mm. go to sleep. I hear you. I hear <laughs> so, you. I yes, hear I have pre-boarded many a time in yeah. my life. <laughs> and, I, and I think I think this is a good kind of transitional moment when you talk about your friend with the appendicitis, me with my medallion status. 
that just goes to show that society's perceptions, you know, we we inherit them ourselves. Yes. So when people are talking about the Federation believes in this, you know, I, I'm admitting to you, yeah, I've had some of that ingrained in me. I've come to evolve and understand that it's false. But somewhere along the line, I had been convinced that that was the case. So I'm not being critical of those who really feel that way. But what I would offer is this. A lot of times people infer that the policies and the beliefs of the National Federation of the Blind are exemplified in one person. And not just the description that we've been playing with of this proper federationist, but one person telling someone about this organization. And this organization has tens of thousands of members with their own unique lived experiences and their own personal preferences. And when having those discussions with others, sometimes we do it with such zealous, <laughs> and you know, because you feel good about it. I mean, when you've overcome right. some significant challenges and you feel good about the fact that, yeah, I can go independently throughout the whole airport and I can board the plane without any You say it in a way that makes people think, wow, that federation. No, that's just a liberated blind person. Mm-hmm. I think the other thing that bothers me and makes it different for me, if someone insists I pre-board, yeah. Then I'm probably going to dig in my Absolutely. heels and Just say, no, no. Just for the principle of it, yes. <laughs> exactly. I guess I'll have to check my uh, luggage, but I'm not going to let gonna you pre-book. make me right. get on this. Right, <laughs> right. And I mean, I think, but again, I think that's the, that's the difference, right? It's it's being in control of when you, I, mean, I, I just, I can't stand it when somebody wants to treat me like an infant. Yeah. I, I'm I'm an adult. I was traveling through the airport with a friend of mine. I'm not going to name him because we got off the plane and we had a connecting flight and uh, they had someone because, you know, they flagged us. So when we got off the plane, they already had somebody waiting. We had plenty of time. We could have made our plane. No hurry, anything. Had somebody waiting. And the guy walked up to him. He says, well, let me have your boarding pass. And he gave him his boarding pass. And he asked me, let me have your boarding pass. No. No, thank you. What what do you need? (laughs) Well, I'm going to this gate. He says, well, give me your... No, I'm not giving you my boarding pass. So he says, well, you guys come with me. So I'm fine with the assistance going to the right gate. And my friend kept on saying, well, can I have my boarding pass? He says, no, you're my responsibility. (laughs) You're my responsibility. Yes. And that's, again, this is an adult friend. This is not a... This yeah. is not an uncomp- unaccompanied minor. Exactly. Yeah. <laughs> Which, you know, that's a whole different story. And, yeah. and yes, you know, when, when my blind children fly unaccompanied. Well, that's different. That's, that's, not, a, that's, that's every a, kid. That's, ev- that's exactly. every kid. Exactly. Yeah. Exactly. But they didn't ask any adult, any other adult that got off that plane for their boarding, boarding pass. pass. Exactly. And they did not assume responsibility. Yes. You know, that was so funny. Though. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Oh, so many airplane stories. Oh, yeah. absolutely. Mm. Well, you know, I think we could talk about airports forever, but the other one that I hear a lot is, oh, that that federation, they're no fun. They're just business. It's all they are. Well, they're not true. social at all. They're they're just that, they, and they well, just sue true. people. That's all they do. Yeah. They they they're so confrontational. They sue people. They're not they're not any fun. Yeah. That's why I joined them. <laughs> <laughs> that's why I joined are the National the Federation of the Blind. <laughs> yeah. No, man, that, that is so fun? far from the truth. <laughs> oh, my goodness. Yeah. But I tell you, as we always say, the real fact is we work very hard. Yes. But they say when you work hard, you play hard. Yes. And if you come to our national convention, which is going to be in Houston this year, 
July 1st through 6th. There you go. You will find out how hard we work because it's a full (laughs) week of getting up, getting at it, getting it done. But you will also see how we play hard because ain't no party like a blind folks party because a blind folks party don't stop. (laughs) And, you know, again, the Federation especially because it's it's a place where blindness is just normal. Yeah. So you just go with your friends and you're just you're doing things together and it's just a normal thing. Mm -hmm. Um, You know, our Constitution does speak to this. It does say the Federation is not merely a social organization. Mm -hmm. And and I think that is important. If you're going to have a chapter, we wouldn't want a chapter that all they did was go bowling and and then said, like, we're an NFB chapter. We're going to go bowling every that's that's our meetings. Our meetings are in the bowling alley. We're just going (laughs) to bowl. That that's yeah. That that's not that's not that's the not type the of spirit. collective action that we're talking that's about. That's correct because we are a grassroots organization. But we're strong because of that social interaction because you develop yes. those personal relationships that make you that much more committed to sharing the work. I think that and I think that you also do learn a lot in those social interactions, going to lunch with people. Mhm. Finding different restaurants, going on the buses with people, mm-hmm. maybe just learning different skills that maybe you never knew how to do before. And, and that's definitely part of it. But again, it's not it's not just one and it's not just the other. And I think that's yeah. really important that, yes, we do work hard, but we do play hard. That whole other side of it is so important, though, because we are to our core political organization. But that, of course, is a conversation for another podcast. We hope that you've enjoyed our back and forth and hope it at least gives you an understanding that the Federation is a family of a diverse group of people with different lived experiences and perceptions and opinions. If you want to know the position of the organization, then go check out our website and look at the resolutions and that kind of thing. But we'll talk in more detail around the political infrastructure of the Federation in a future podcast. Yeah. And I I think that, too, uh, I'm hopeful that our communications team, you know, they don't always listen. No, I'm just teasing. Uh, I think the nature (laughs) of independence is a really important speech that should be with our show notes for this Mm -hmm. episode. I also think there was a great article written by President Riccobono in the Monitor regarding what Federation philosophy is and isn't. And I think that's another Mm -hmm. really important. Those two things, I'm assuming they'll be in our show notes. And please take a look at those because those are really good guidelines. And then also talk to Federationists. If you don't understand or you don't know, and don't just talk to one person either. Talk to Federationists, plural. That's the key. Go to a chapter meeting. Ask your questions, or you can ask your questions to us on the Nation's Blind Podcast. We would love to hear from you, and I really love the format of these episodes, so I'm hoping we'll do them again. I assume we will, but we would love to have your questions. So please give us a call. Send us a voicemail, 410-659-9314, extension 2444. Send us an email at podcast at nfb.org. Find us on Twitter at NFB underscore voice. Yeah, wake up a conversation in social media. Find us on Facebook at National Federation of the Blind and disengage. And maybe we can turn some of the social media correspondence into a full-blown podcast. We would love that. And and again, it might not just be a Neil and me bantering either. We might bring other people on. You know, this is all a work in progress, uh, starting something a little bit new. So give us your feedback about that, too. If there's other people you'd like to have join our Are panel. Are you trying to get rid of me? No, Melissa? no, no. I'm just saying addition, in addition <laughs> to, well, I can't get rid of you, Anil. 
I can't get rid of you. <laughs> Who would you. eat all the green M&Ms? <laughs> all right. There you go. I'd still eat the green M&Ms, even if I wasn't able to be on the podcast. You could call me just for that. Oh, oh okay. Well, until the next time we get to eat some green M&Ms, we want to thank you for listening to the Nation's Blind Podcast. And remember, you can live the life you want. Blindness is not what holds you back. We'd love your feedback. Email podcast at nfb.org or call 410-659-9314, extension 2444.